Thanks for joining with us today on our Potter's Hope podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and gives you strength to live out the life that God has for you. Enjoy the message.
prompt you long. You all know me. I figured that out the night before last. I just want to thank God for the service last night and the spirit was sweet in here last night. As far as the praise, come see a man. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? This may be a little out of time, not appropriate, but I'm going to ask y'all to do this uh, to the, uh, what's the movie? Chosen. Chosen, because their John chapter 4 was one of the most moving things I've ever seen. On the Chosen. They have two CDs of the Chosen also. Mm-hmm. How many of you are watching the Chosen? It's 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 good. It's good. Yeah, I want to thank God. Um, after school today, I called my mom. I didn't get to talk to her last night, and I was so excited to tell her about the soul that got saved and to just just share that with her. And um, my mom works at Wendell Foster, which is a special needs um, nursing home, and. Um, she had me on speakerphone because she was busy, and I was praising God, and I was just telling her how great the move was and, I, and how encouraged I was in it, and the, the little man that she was helping said, well, will you have her just pray over me too? And so, like, such a beautiful moment that I wasn't expecting, and, and I'm always blown away. I, I feel so blessed and just in awe when I get to pray with people and mom said that he was just crying he just he just needed some prayer and he he was so excited and we got done praying and um his his name's Bob and so if y'all think about him but we got done praying and he had the clearest amen that that you would ever hear and he mom said he was just weeping he was so excited and I just want to praise God because I mean he will work through anyone God for all these. Can we do that? Come and join us. I want to thank God for the service last night too, and it's good to to get your cup filled up and run over sometimes. And it was really good last night. But when I was reading John chapter four, I saw verse twenty three, and I had it circled in my Bible. It says, "But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipper shall worship the Father." in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. I'm thankful to be among the ones, the true worshipers, and if there's ever a time that we need true worshipers, it's now. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyone else? All right. We're going to be getting started. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So tonight we're going to get started with this, and I think that uh, it would be very appropriate in the fact that John 4, uh, Brother Eric, thank you. If you want to put that up on the screen, I think you have a picture for us tonight. This is just laid back. How many of you ever been to a hope group? Somebody said, what is that? A hope group, really the, if you will, the acrostic for that would be to help someone heal, overcome, to encourage them to persevere, and then for them to be empowered. Uh, because we believe that. We don't believe really in, in, in the sense of enablement. We believe that through the Holy Spirit we have empowerment. How many of y'all believe that? Amen. See, I do. I do. Well, as we get started tonight in John chapter 4, this is a great story about a great witness. 
And as we look as what some call maybe the first evangelist that the Bible would know in the New Testament, and simply like Rick had said, come see a man. Come see a man. There's something that I want. I have four steps tonight, and this is borrowed. This is borrowed, and I always put my own thought, and many of you have probably been through this before. <laughs> Use kind of the scriptures that the Lord had laid on my heart, but it's a great outline, and it'll be one. The reason I want you to have your notebook and your pen is for you to be able to develop this on your own. Okay, I'll give you some real, if you will. I'll put some guardrails in place that you can bump off of. But uh, really, I believe the Holy Spirit will navigate you uh, because I believe that our witness and our testimony is what this world needs today. I do. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. Brother Steve, would you read that, please? Yes. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Let's pray. Lord, we just love you tonight. Pray that you lead us and guide us in this study. And God, as you help fortify, solidify, God, your true witness in us, that God, I know today we, more than another stimulus package from the government, uh, Lord, this world needs a stimulus package through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God, to move in the hearts of men, women, and children. God, not just here in our state or county, God, all those things, but across this globe. So, Lord, tonight, steer us up in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, the Word of God, how many of you believe that, that you're a good witness for Christ? Okay, just some basic questions. Well, all of us could use some fine-tuning, no doubt. The first step that we're going to talk about tonight, and I want you to write this down. I think it's important. And Eric, if you could, step one is this. My life before I was born again. If I'm going to be personally witnessing to someone, the way that I'm going to lay this out is who I was before I knew him. Okay? Now, when you think about that, that can come pretty frightening to people who are thinking about this. But how many of you remember how wretched you were? Pray that you never forget it. <laughs> Amen. And pray that you are being distanced every day from that. This is a simple teaching. But uh, somebody get to, uh, if you would, Titus 3.5. Titus 3.5. This is going to be there beside your notes. I'll be turning there with you too. But Titus 3.5. The Word of God says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his what? According to his mercy, he has saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. By the washing of regeneration speaks of a newness in life, but we are regenerated through the power of the Word, through the cleansing of the Word over our life. That's the reason that it is so important each and every day of our life to delve into the Word. To absolutely to get into the word. So if I'm going to witness to someone, one of the first things that I'm going to do, they're going to, and it'll probably be somebody, it could be somebody that you're familiar with, and they'll look at you and they'll say, hey, wait a minute. I remember who you were. Well, praise God. Did you notice the way that they said that? I remember who you were. This is really important because when we look at this, 
There's got to be a change. It'll be a point here in just a moment. But when I'm doing that, I want to tell them about my life before I was born again. I'm going to show you something. You're going to be able to participate with me tonight. Somebody give me one word that describes who or what you were before, before you were born again. Raise your hand. And be, Rick, what were you? Wretched. Uh, Shirley, where are you at? Come on over here. You can be my pen person. She told me she had pretty good. They're going to be able to read you a whole lot better than they are me. Wretched. Somebody else. Kathy? An unbeliever. An unbeliever. It sure does. Somebody else, tell me before. Somebody tell me something about your past, something that you were. How you would consider your life. Alvin? Selfish. I've seen another hand. Yes, Josh. An addict. For those of you maybe that are tuning in online, I want you to put this on your paper too because we're going from two, okay? That's what we're doing. We're building something here. We're building a case for salvation through Christ. Yes. Prideful. Somebody else. Say it. Angry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody else. Yes, Jenna. A liar. Oh. Yes, James. Broken. Hallelujah. Somebody else. By the way, we got a room full of a mess. Right? Yes, Leisha. Mental illness. Bound. Somebody else. Now, when you're thinking about this, now, see, some of these things, can I tell you, I heard some things that were pretty brash in a sense, Harold. When I begin to think about that, you know, you're going to say, well, who were you? I was a liar. Right? And we go down this list. Well, you know what? I was prideful. And you know what? And, and Alicia, I appreciate your transparency. Mental illness being bound in my mind. But you see, remember what we're doing is that we're showing people through Christ's love and through the blood of what we were listening. The world doesn't need perfect people. They need people that have been transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost of God. Somebody get Acts 1-8 for me. Robin, get Acts 1-8 for me. Boy, that, all right. A manipulator. Boy, that's good. Use the devil's ways to get my own. Who else? I don't think we're done. Yes, an adulterer, absolutely. And do you realize this? Do you realize what Jesus said that, that when he said this, is so if a man even is, is, is to go is to look upon a woman, that he's, he's committed adultery within his heart? And by the way, ladies think that they're off the hook with that because it said if a man, both sides, both sides, for sure. Yes, Larry. Anxious and fearful. <laughs> Somebody else. Vengeful. I'll get you. Right? <laughs> no, you used to. <laughs> so, Robin, do you have Acts 1-8? I'm coming. Uh, 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and in the ends of the earth. Did I see another hand back here? Hopeless. Now, when you look, that when we see all these characteristics, there ain't no way you can build a church like that. But you see, this is where we're being transformed. And this is going to get deeper. It's going to get better even in this. But this is the first step, guys. My life before I was born again. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's what? And what's happened? And then what's happened? See, we can't get this flipped. All things don't, but you see what I'm saying? Old things pass away. It's simultaneous in a sense. But then all things become new. So remember that if we're building our witness in him, we have to let those people around us know that, listen, I was a mess. I was a mess. And some of you say, well, I'm still a mess. I understand that. We're a work in progress, right? But, uh, somebody, but we want to show them that truly that he is changing us. Let's look at Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Shirley, thank you. I think you can have a seat for a few moments. Thank you. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. You have that, Alvin? Can you see it? So you say, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That's good. You know, we always focus for, Burger so you saved through faith. We, we speed through that real quick, and we look at that, but still building the case on what we were. So when you look at that, let's take a, let's take a wristwatch, for instance. It could be a Timex or a Rolex, right? But the thing, usually there's a name on that that, that determines the craftsman or, and or the company that's like that, right? Now, see, we call ourselves Christians. But truly, are we stamped in and of him? I don't know how many of you watch Antiques Roadshow. Amy says, I'm a kook, but I do. I enjoy Antiques Roadshow, you know, and I know I'm an old man. But I watch Antiques Roadshow, and I always like, they, they, they pull up some of this furniture that's like 17th century, early 18th century, and they pull it up, and Rick, by, and you'll understand this too, Steve, by the dovetail or by a particular thing, they'll say, oh, this is a New England piece. This was done, you know, pre, pre-Civil War. This was done during the Revolutionary War. And they look at that, and then they'll begin to do it, and they'll look on it for a stamp or a mark, and many times they won't find it. However, they will say, but we can tell by the craftsmanship. Right? Stay with me. This is better. But we can tell by the way it's made. Mm-hmm. Can be the material too. By the way it's made, who made it? Now I want you and I to ponder this a minute because as we begin to witness to people, we usually we throw the title Christian around in today that is so flippant and it's so wide-ranging that I can tell you that there's a real difference. There's a real difference. And not to be boastful for any of us or anything, but truly to have the mark of Christ. There's qualities in that, and there's quality in the product. 
to tell that it's made like him. Just as, and by the way, what a powerful word last night. Man, we all just know that that word was definitely for us, for sure. But just even as we've seen last night in the word, the thing is, is that such as he has given us and such as we have become, and we become one like him. That means that the greatest example of somebody really telling if we're his craftsmanship or his workmanship, according to the word of God here in Ephesians chapter 2, that are we going to love like he loves? That are we going to hope like he hopes? Do we have joy, Lord, like he had joy that when the cross was even set before him, that he knew that there was joy on the other side because he was going to be sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. And see, so that means that in the midst of all of these deep things, and this is what's going on right now in everything around you. And can I tell you, there's no better time to prove your colors or to prove Christ than right now in the midst of any piece of darkness or anything else. And you know what I'm talking about, that when you see somebody and they're going through all kinds of hell and hell is assailing them and everything else is coming against them, and there they are with their hands lifted, tears streaming, and they got joy written all over That's him. They're not wearing the Be the Hope shirt. They're not wearing that, hey, I'm his shirt. Can I tell you something? They are exemplifying who made them. And this is what witnesses to people, Master Chief, that in the midst of all of that, it's him. Point number one. Let's get it. I won't be real long tonight, so I just want to give you something to take with you. How many of you want to be a soul winner? That's it. Fair, and that's it. That's it. It's, it's as simple as that. Amen. It's that simple. It's that simple. And when he gets that big in you, he will come out. Amen. Somebody turn, uh, turn to Acts 9, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to need that real quick. Turn your Bibles there. Write this down in your notes. So as you begin to tell people, they'll say, hey, man, I remember you. You say, yes, that's what I was. And by the way, <clears throat> I was a lot more than that. I was a lot worse than what you've seen, right? Paul's example in the New Testament gives every one of us hope much the same way that it does in Simon Peter's life for all of us. So in Acts chapter 9, 1 through 6, Dan, do you have that? Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath, was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the rest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go to the city, and you'll be told what you must do. It's powerful. It's powerful. Now let me show you how, the, how individual this is. Aren't you thankful he's not a cookie-cutter God, even though we're made in his image? We all have different demeanors. We all have different things. Watch this. I, real quick, and you've got to give me ten words or less. Ten words or less. Alicia, how did you meet him? Ten words or less. Um, for me... That's three. 
I just prayed, Lord, if you're real, show me. And he did. So here's what's going to be next. So you tell me this is who you were. How did you, you, you're telling me that Jesus, I know this is elementary. But one reason that, that there's 26, 28,000 people in our county and probably only two to 3,000, maybe true believers, I'm not one to judge that. So there's another 25,000 that is lost. And out of the rest, I'm going to call us casual Christians. So here's what I want to tell you. Your story matters. We overcome by the blood, by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome Him, meaning the enemy, that wants you to sit there and to stay status quo. But what we have to do is this. It's your story. Watch. I'm coming to you. Get ready. Ten words or less. Ten words or less. Be ready. It's individual. Let me show you this. So... Paul gives this example. He said, listen, man, I was on my way to Damascus. I was fixing to kill some more people. He said, you Christians had had it right. Simple. So is that Peter's story? Is that John's story? Is it your story? Ten words or less. How did you come to know him? I was born into it. I've never not known about him or known him. So were you saved before you asked him to save you? No. Born into, I was born into the culture. Yeah, I was born into the culture of the church. Yeah. yeah. Pick on you. How'd you come to know him? I remember the day. <laughs> um, in a pew at Easley Church, it was a church full, but I felt like I was the only one in there. And you made it to Easley? Yes, after climbing over everybody in my... She really did. <laughs> She climbed over people. Shirley, how did you come to know him? When I was 14 years old, a friend of mine invited me to church. There was a bunch of cheerleaders. We were supposed to be having a slumber party. We went to church, and I got saved. Hallelujah. That's about 15, 20 words, but it's worth it. Thank you. You see, it's hard to minimize it, but there's a, there's a reason for this. It's because, remember, your focus... You've got, because, listen, sometimes in an elevator, if you've got seven floors, you're not going to have long. <laughs> Amen? Josh, how'd you come to know him? He became my Savior at seven years old. Became my Lord at 30. There you go. There you go. Robin, how'd you come to know him? Master Chief, I'm coming. He called my name. There you go. So simple. Master Chief, how'd you come to know him? I'm coming around. I was 12 years old at a revival at First Assemblies of God in Toledo, Ohio. And uh, the pastor said, you know, John 3.16 said, For God so loved Bill that he gave his only son for Bill, that he might be saved. And that just made me cry because I felt the pressure on me in the youth group. Amen. You see, this is important. Point number two, how I came to know Jesus. But there's a lot behind this. That even as we say that, we're talking about that moment. But the thing is, you know, listen, guys, every bit of this is Holy Spirit inspired. How many of you got saved in church? Raise your hand. How many of you were outside of church and you got saved? Well, that can't happen. Joke, that's a joke. You see, this is the thing when the Holy Spirit hits. 
how I came to know Jesus. Because that very person that you may be witnessing to, and you're speaking to them on the sidewalk, you're speaking to them coming in and out of Walmart, and the power of God begins to hit, and the power of God begins to move. They can say, I got saved in the Walmart parking lot. Amen? This is important. So when we look at this, guys, this is, this is really important to all of us. So when you look at that, and I, I, let's, let's, take about, let's, let's, let's talk about Peter's life, because I like what Josh said. Josh said, I was saved at seven, is that right? But he became your Lord at 30, is that correct? Now, how many of you have a similar story? Do you understand what he's saying? So I come to know him at an early age. Jesus as my Savior, but he just became my Lord at 30. You know what? If we look at Peter's life, so he said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men, right? So Andrew, the great connector that he was, goes, tells his brother. Then we tell James and John. We got all of this going on, the disciples. You know how all this is working. All of this happens. And the thing is, it was not instantaneous. They walked with him for three and a half years. You're saying, is it going to take me three and a half years to get saved? No. It'll take you much longer than that than truly to understand and begin to grasp who he really is. This is one of the simplest slogans here that, that, that I've ever heard, and I think it's relevant. Becoming a Christian is much easier than being a Christian, true or false? When you look at that, being a Christian, then, Larry, it begins to take on the thought of sanctification and takes on those things. This is where your witness and the fruits in your life are beginning, are going to begin to be that example to those that are around you and anyone else is that, hey, listen, let's talk about your track record. How long have you been a Christian? How long since you've believed? So be ready and be prepared that as simple as this is, and by the way, Max had sent this through. Max, is this going to be going through Hope One? Many of you know that uh, through Hope One, you know, the ministry there to Haiti and Jack Mail. This Bible study is actually going to be hitting them in the next few weeks as they begin to look or begin to invest in that area. And we really make sure tonight, Rick, that we put that on a card. That area is deeply uh, entrenched in voodoo, and different things like that, and, and as much moral debauchery as you could ever imagine, for sure, for sure. So when you look at that, we can see that how I came to know Jesus. Be ready to verse that. This is for you. Be ready because you're going to put this into practice. I'm believing that. I'm believing tonight this room is filled with witnesses that are going to witness to him, and God's going to use you to become great soul winners. I'm believing that. Point number three, Eric. Now, Shirley, you can come back up. When you look at this, I'm going to do this here. Eric, in big letters, can you put from to? What that means is he took me from this to that. I was once this. Let me give you scripture. Let me give you scripture. Uh, somebody get 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. We're talking about now, we're talking about changes. We're talking about changes. Okay? Talking about changes. Steve, I'm going to use you because you're convenient again. 
So 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalries, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. So the one line that sticks out to me is, but such were some of you. So tonight, here's what I want to do real quick. Folks online too. So now, go ahead. You know, I think so. I think so, Shirley. So we're going to go from to, and here's a good list if you got most of those. So somebody tell me, I went from this to this. I want you to frame that in your mind before I get to you. I went from this, Lord be ready. I went from this, and now my life has changed, and I think it should be evident, right? So I went from this to this. Just the faith and love and the way I love other people and the way that he loves me, it's just indescribable. Amen. So would you say that you went from being basically love less to loving more, I guess in that sense, and understanding his love? How to love, genuinely love. Amen. Amen. Who else? You went from to. I'm coming, fine. From the darkness of addiction and dealing drugs to God's marvelous light. That's as pure and as real as it gets, right? Thank you. Thank you. Who else? I went from this to this. There's got to be change. Now, let me ask you something. And when you begin to ponder this and you begin to think about this, in a Christian's life, there's got to be change. And I'm going to say this in, in, in no way condemning. So have you ever heard somebody say, oh, I got saved. But we're still talking the same. We're still doing the same. We're still going to the same places. There's no change. If you will, there's a change in title to you. But if you will, the car has never really swapped hands. Right. The life has never really Swapped hands. Somebody else, he took you from this to this. Rick, I'm coming. Unfaithful to faithful. Unfaithful to faithful. Somebody else. Took you from this to that. What is it? Jenny, you got something? I liked your first answer. What did you take me to? From a liar to a truth teller. From an adulterer to a 24-year marriage. That's real. Robin? From hopelessness into hope. So see, if, if, this part, if, if this part doesn't testify, if this part does not witness, then I don't want what you're selling. I don't want what you're selling. You're a fluke. That's a scam, right? 
Jake always talks about that guy. What was that guy's name? Billy, whatever it was, that sold all the, the stuff on TV. And he'd come out. He was so pumped and everything else. You know, he was all of this. He could make you buy anything. Rest his soul, I think he's dead. But the real part of this is that, you know what? We can do all the hype and still not have any hope. We can hype this Christian life up and everything, but the real part of that is that hope is exhibited and shown when truly people around you need hope and you become an anchor to that hope. So what's really going on outside these doors today and in this world and in this nation and all across the globe really today is this, is that people are like, you know what? I really don't know if I want, I don't know. My fourth point's coming. Because it's important. When we begin to look at this, guys, you see this, but such were some of you. There's got to be a change. We go from this to this. We go from darkness to light. We go from hopelessness to hope. We go from faithless to faith. We go from hating to love, right? We go from bitterness to being a connector. We go from all those things and being so forgiving. But if it's not evident then we have absolutely messed up our assignment. Wow. What is it? I can't say for myself, only from someone that told me this once. It was from my own sister. And I was ministering to her, and she said, you know what? How can I even listen to you when you used to be the biggest dope dealer, smoker, and now you're a Jesus freak. And so I've been going to church my whole life. But I didn't come to know him. I came to know him when I was at work. Uh, worked in a foundry through a radio station. And it wasn't the music. It was his message. And he laid it out to me. And at that moment, I said to him, Jesus, if you are who you are, I will follow you. I will give you everything if you are who you are. And he is. <laughs> How simple. How simple. That's what, this, that's what we need, guys. That's what we need. How many of you, Jesus Christ has given you joy? It was really good having Pastor come in last night because he could preach to y'all like the way I want to. <laughs> I really don't hold back much on you all. But we should be the most joy-filled. Sure, we can have a rough time, sure. But can I tell you something, guys? This is real. This is, I'm telling you right now, man. This is real, Jack. Remember me telling you about living in Ibury, Kentucky? I tell you all about that all the time. It was uphill both ways, and I mean it, it was. I could take you where I, where I live. And can I tell you something, Heather? I mean this. We had a hill up behind our house, and it went up. We had bike trails, right? Well, the bike trails, you could not pedal up, and the hill was so steep, Adam, you couldn't do that. We pushed our bikes all the way to the top of the hill. And then, man, we got to ride down. And it was amazing. How many of you feel like you're the one pushing the bike to the top of the hill and when you get there, everybody else wants to ride it down? Do you understand what I'm saying? Turn to somebody and say, get your own bike. 
Listen, stay with me. This is so true, though. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And you get up there, man, and you get down, and you know, he said, oh, man, that was great. We do it again. And the thing is, what happens for most Christians, if they do it on Sunday, they say, we're going to do it again next Sunday. Why wait till Sunday if it was that good? Why wait? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. So change is in my life since I came to know him. As you're witnessing, let's recap real quick. Four steps to develop your personal testimony. My life before I was born again, my past. Number two, how I came to know Jesus. I was in a revival. You know what? I pulled over. Thank you. By the way, give Shirley a hand. She did great. Thank you, Shirley. That was pretty simple, the last one. I'm sorry. You were working above your pay grade for sure. So when you look at that and you think about it, there's got to be that. And can I tell you something? Well, I, I, do need, I do need to tell you this because it's important. You've heard before the devil is in the details. Be careful with your past. Do you hear me? Be careful with your past because you may be speaking a word and they're getting a picture. Do you hear me? Be very careful what you release, okay? Being in general, now you can be specific pertaining to certain things, but be careful because it may free you and bind them. You need to write that down. That's important. So how I came to know Jesus is important. For instance, Peter's story being different than uh, Paul's story. Then, change in my life. Number four, do you want to know more? Do you want to know more? You know, when you come and you're talking about this, if the Lord is really ministering and he's ministering through you, many times what will happen, people will, well, it can be the simplest of questions, Travis. So then what did you do next, man? How did you, when you were in that spot, what did you do? And when you can begin, Dwayne, we can begin to do this, and they begin to pull, and they want more. And that's the woman at the well. <laughs> I perceive that a prophet. <laughs> oh, he's much more than a prophet. I'm much more than that guy or that gal that was back there. And when they begin to do that, listen, that's Holy Ghost prompting. That's Holy Ghost prompting. So how did you, what, what really, then, then what? Now this is important. Turn to Acts chapter 26, verses 13 through 18. We'll recap here and be done. You'll be able to take this with you. If you were an actual hope group tonight, we'd be sitting around a table or something, some type of a venue like that, and I wouldn't have this microphone, and you'd be expressing these. We'd have these questions in in front of you, and we'd be going through that. But tonight, doing this with this size group, it's kind of just showing you the format to a hope group and something as simple as developing our own testimony. Dan, I liked your version. I'm coming back. Acts chapter 26, verses 13 through 18. Twenty-six, thirteen through 18. About noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven brighter than the sun. Stop right here just for a moment. I didn't, he's retelling the story. He's before Agrippa. He's busted. He's in trouble. Okay, Festus, keep going. A light from heaven brighter than the sun shone down on me and my companions. You see what he's doing? Now he's going to bring this full circle. This is what happens. Okay? This is what happened to me. 
We all fell down, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. Who are you, Lord, I ask? And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me. Tell them that I will show you what I will show you in the future. I'm going to tag it out. Look here. The personal account is not just enough. How many of you believe that God has given you the ministry of reconciliation? Somebody said, what is that? That was the true heart of God when he sent his son. And you hear me say this, and I, I, I blurted out pretty quick, but it's to reconcile, to bring back sinful man to a holy God. This last part, and if you've ever been in, you, you've been in churches before where they have a covenant, where they have a mission statement and a purpose. So Paul says this in verse 17. 15 and 16, he gives the account, and then it gets into it. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles. This is Jesus speaking to him, delivering from the people and, and from the Gentiles, and who now I'm going to send you from the very ones that are persecuted, bringing you back. And look what it says, verse 18, mission statement. To open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified or set apart by faith that is in me. Very simple outline. And the thing tonight, that when somebody says, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, the very thing that was you said, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Saul, I'm not Paul. But yet the mission is the same for each and every one of us. My salvation, Brother Wayne, I wasn't on the road to Damascus. No, you were on the road to hell. Just as we all were. And the light shone the day in your darkness, and the light shone forth, and you come to know him, whether it was here, the side of the road, or wherever. And you know what? When we talk about the light coming on, there's some truth to that. You're turned from darkness to light. When people can see a light, Robin, when they can see a way out, they're like, because the hopelessness is everywhere. But when they can see that, and this is why we are here. We're not here just to celebrate Jesus on Sunday. We are here. We have a mission, church. We have a mission. And whether it's preaching to 20, 30, 40, 50, or 60, I don't know how many at the bridge, and on the Sunday mornings, or whether it's preaching to three, five, six, seven hundred, thousands, or whatever, or whether it's preaching to one, it is to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of hell to set them on the path to heaven. During this time of fasting, I'm believing God's going to raise up an incredible amount, an incredible amount. Of soul winners. And Sundays when you come in, you're going to bring your sheaves with you. Because guess what? They need to be attached to a body. And whether it's here, if they live in another county, then tell them, find a good church for them there. Doesn't necessarily even have to be here, but get them attached. Almost done. Do you want to know more? 
In John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Could you pull that up, Eric? I'll wait on you. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. How many of you have ever seen a full-blown miracle? Okay. The Word of God says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Let me preface this by saying he is just witness to Thomas. This says, Unless I touch... Unless I feel, unless I do. Okay? And many of the other signs truly did Jesus do in the presence of his disciples, which are not in this book. Next verse, please. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. I'll close with this. We are the epistle. We are this very thing. We are the things that are written to those that are around us. Not the ink on the shirt. Not the screen print. We become that. We become the miracle. And it, it, I, I know we hear this. You, you all hear this a lot from me. But this is it. Is he real? Let me tell you this. If you're living a fake life, it's going to be really hard for somebody else to believe that he is when you say that you are. But if you're living it and you're loving him and they look at you and they say, you know what? You're evidence. Your evidence that he's real. Praise God. Love you all tonight. We're going to pray before we leave. If we could, let's make a circle around this area here. We'll try it in here tonight if we can. Dan, we're going to start down that aisle right over there by you. Good night to those folks at home. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night again if you can make it. Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.